You're listening to The Human Upgrade with Dave Asprey. Formerly Bulletproof Radio. You're listening to The Human Upgrade with Dave Asprey. This is one of the rare special editions where I do an intervention with a member of my mentorship and membership community called The Upgrade Collective. And this is more than a thousand people who get together every week with me or with my team, usually a combination of them. And we work on biohacking. We help each other. We've got our own app and it's a, it's a really powerful community. And what I'll do is once a month, I'll sit down with someone from the community who says, hey, Dave, I want your help hacking a problem. And then I walk through solving the problem with that person uh, on the air so that you can learn from what they have to say. This will be a really important episode for you if you're alive, because what we are going to do today is talk with a designer and an actor who is 74. She says, Dave, I want to know how to achieve the most conscious and self-sufficient death because she's 74 and she's thinking about it. Her name is Nancy Schieber, and you might have seen her where she was on The Untouchables, The Young and the Restless, and the new Adam-12, a swimmer, a dancer, an equestrian. Nancy, welcome. Thank you. <laughs> I haven't heard all of those for a long time. I've been out of the acting business for a while. That all of my life, I never thought about, I never thought about actually dying, and then I was there... Uh, when my father passed, and uh, we had a lot of animals, so I witnessed death. I've always been fascinated by the process. My meditation community uh, talks about it. My meditation teacher said that um, longtime meditators die with a smile on their face. <laughs> there, there's something to be said for that. And just for the record, you've done a little bit of meditation. How many Vipassanas have you done? Um, well, I sat and served at probably about 10. The Biohacking Wonderland is a 65,000 square foot tech hall with over 100 tools and toys, all approved by me and my team. It's the biggest collection of biohacking tech in the world, and there's going to be something there for you that can help you upgrade what you're working on. You'll also get to hear from leaders at the front of health and wellness and human potential. And you're going to make unforgettable memories because you get to spend quality time with people like you. That's the best thing about the conference, the smiles, the glowing eyes, and the people who just care about things a little differently. Go to biohackingconference.com, get your ticket now. It will sell out like it did last year. For the record, you've done a little bit of meditation. How many Vipassanas have you done? Um, well, I sat and served at probably about 10. Okay. And if you're listening 10. to this and say Vipassana, what it is? Vipassana is from the yogic tradition, but it's an intense 10-day silent meditation retreat that can be really mind-bending. Um, and doing 10 of them where you're serving others or doing it yourself is we'll say a very large amount that someone who's done a lot of personal development work uh, would do. So let, let's say um, that you've, you've had some level of achievement on the spiritual development side. You said more therapy than Woody Allen, uh, which, <laughs> which is fantastic. I, I would hope so. Sometimes I, I think, you know, my, the human part of me has not, uh, well, 
I'm not as enlightened as I would like to think I am. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. Well, it's funny. You just touched on something that is the hardest of all the egos to deal with, and it's called the spiritual ego. And one of my favorite stories about that is um, for a long time, a group of scientists at Stanford, they were at a sister organization to the nonprofit anti-aging group that I ran um, that meets near Stanford. They're, I think it was the Noetic Society, if I'm remembering all the names right. And they had a, a monk come in, flown in from somewhere in, uh, I don't know, some, probably somewhere in India. And they wanted to hook electrodes up to his brain and see what he could do. So he said, okay, I'll sit here, I'll start getting ready. And before they put the electrodes on, they started seeing his brainwaves on the machine because it turns out people with strong brainwaves actually do have brainwaves that you can sense off their body. And the scientists started getting all excited. And as soon as they got all excited, his brainwaves collapsed. And he's like, oh man, I haven't had an ego attack in 20 years. And when you guys started telling me what a good monk I was, uh, <laughs> it got into my head and I couldn't be in the state. <laughs> so your comment about I'm not as enlightened as I like to tell myself, that's actually a pretty, a pretty good sense that you're working on your spiritual ego too. Ego dissolution, or at least ego awareness, is a major part of what I do at 40 Years of Zen, uh, which is my neurofeedback place in Seattle, where once you have a lie detector on your head and you're doing specific, uh, really trauma reduction, but specific exercises to turn off alerts from your nervous system, quite often you're like, oh, those alerts are coming from this ego that wants a bunch of stuff that you don't really want and you kind of have to do the fight. You can do it in Vipassana. You can do it with psychedelics and all. You're 74. That's pretty young by modern standards. I mean, you probably got another good 25 years in there, especially given all the crazy stuff you do to take care of yourself. I mean, I saw your list of supplements. I'm like, dang, this woman's done her homework. So yeah. why are you thinking about death now? Well, first of all, I think I'm taking too many supplements. Um, we can dial that back. Recently, uh, both of my doctors told me that I was taking too many antioxidants because I'm getting not the blood spots that happen because I have thin skin and I'm bumping into things, but I just get these blood spots on my arms and hands for seemingly no reason. And that's when they said, pull back on the antioxidants. But I think that, you know, you said something, you said, I've got another 20 years. And quite frankly, this is, I've had a great life, but and I always describe myself as a kite without a string. I'm just going here, going there, doing what I love to do, and not planning financially for the future. And a few times that I had a full-time job, I left because I was getting sick in the environment. You know, my body said, you're working for the wrong people here. So I don't have those pensions that I could have had. So ultimately, I, I've lived this great life. I've galloped racehorses at three Canadian racetracks. I danced in New York City. I mean, I've got a really, I don't know. Without going into all the past, I'm tired. I, I'm, I see, you know, I've been fighting for so long since I was a kid telling people, no, I don't want to do that. You know, when a doctor wanted to do exploratory surgery on one of my injuries, and I said, no, you're not going to do that. It's just going to make it worse. So all my life, I feel like I've been pushing back against a lot of things. And, and I, it serves me well. I'm in pretty good shape, I think. But, you know, 
compared to my other my friends. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I am compared to my friends. But the idea of living another 20 years on very little money and continually fighting, I don't know. Everyone in my family, we are not a long-lived group. Everyone in my family is done by 82. That's Mm. the longest anyone has survived. But, I mean, obviously, I've lived a very different lifestyle than those people. In your studies... I mean, are you one of the reincarnation side of things? Are you the I'm dead and I'm gone? Are you I'm dead and I go to heaven? Like, what's your mental framework look like? It depends on the day. Got it. I I believe that anything's possible. Okay, anything's possible. All right, so so you're you're flexible on that. I'm very flexible. All right. I started out believing that you know what, I'm an atheist, there's no evidence for any of this stuff. I studied computer science, we're meat robots, my family are all scientists, and anyone who believes in any of this is clearly an idiot. Okay, I'm not in that camp anymore uh, because I started paying attention and exploring and reading and just doing stuff, and eventually I realized that the most rational thing you can do is decide that there is such a thing as reincarnation. And here's why. If it's not true, then you won't know. Right. Right. If it is true, you'll be more relaxed when it's your time to go. So you cannot lose by believing in that unless you have a little bit of childhood programming from an organized religion that says, if you believe that, then you're going to go to hell. And then you've got to do your own work about whether there's evidence and whether, you know, they're trying to get something from you. Yeah, uh, And there can be great healing in organized religion. And there's always valuable knowledge in whatever lineage we're talking about. Um, so you're not a member of a church. And so we can have an open talk about that. There's a, a lady who's a friend who's really amazing. Her name is Julie Ryan. You can go to askjulieryan.com, J-U-L-I-E, ryan.com. She's got a book on death. And Julie's interesting because she was a, a woman entrepreneur for 25 or 30 years. And the entire time, kind of like Edgar Casey, they're both like, you know, I can see all this stuff, but they didn't tell anyone until later in life. But meanwhile, they're walking around thinking, everyone must see this. And they go, oh my God, I'm the only one who sees it. Maybe I'm crazy. So Julie figured out she could see all sorts of things, including what happened at death. And she never told a soul until she was done being an entrepreneur. And now she actually does work over the phone with people. But I found her to be very credible and I've talked to enough people with unusual abilities. Uh, I'm blessed that a lot of them come to 40 years of Zen. Um, So she passed the sniff test and then some, and she actually has a a, a short, easy to read book. It's called angelic attendance. What really happens is we transition from this life into the next. And this is what she sees when people pass, but it matches diagrams you'll see in various religious texts. And what you'll find is there's something that happens with your soul Um, when it passes. And if it goes in peace, a good death (laughs) is a good death. And if it goes feeling unsatisfied and with feelings that are are negative, um, then you, if you believe in reincarnation, have to pay for it later. So if, if you're pondering death, which is a an okay thing to do, like if you're done, like I've come and I've experienced, I've done it. Like there is no, there's no bad thing. And it's not an act of giving up. It's an act of evolving to whatever is next. When you read Julie Ryan's book, what she explains, and I think is 
this is what she sees consistently over and over, is that when your soul's ready to let go of your body, that your father's family and your mother's family align themselves around you. And usually, in her view, there are angelic attendants. Guys, you might believe that there are angels, there aren't angels. My experience is that there are. <laughs> and gifted people can call on them and work on them or work with them in very specific ways. Uh, and I would say you have very little to lose from the placebo effect, even if I'm wrong, but I'm not. So there will be angels to help you. There will be your family, your dead family, and all of the pets that have ever <laughs> been a part of your life will show up for you. Well, there are, some, there are some family members I don't want to show up. Do I have any uh, control over that? Yes, of course. <laughs> your your energy does. Uh, but you, you might even schedule a call with Julie Reader book uh, and maybe schedule a call with her and talk to her about it. Um, she's just one of the, the good ones on death. The, the other thing that I've come across in my various research is that there's a, a pretty good paper that looks at fear of death. And you actually aren't particularly fearful of death, which congratulations. I'm not afraid of death. I'm afraid of, I'm afraid of somebody putting me on some sort of support and giving me concoctions to keep yeah. me going mm -hmm. when I don't want to. That's my fear. So you have a DNR, like do not resuscitate. I do, but I, and, but, and a but living I also, will and all that. Yeah. But I also know that there are people who think that they need to save you no matter what. I but, mean, I know that happens to people. It, it's monstrous. And those are traumatized people. They're trying to do their best, but seriously, they need therapy because the bottom line is when you signed up to come into the world, you signed up to leave the world that's how it works. And, you know, to, to fight heroically to save someone who is suffering and is going to die anyway very shortly, unless that's what they wanted, that doesn't seem like of benefit to anyone other than the person who's feeling good that they bought you one more month of suffering and maybe they could not feel good about it. So that, that goes into medical ethics and all. But if you have the power of medical uh, attorney, the do not resuscitate order and a living will that says what you want to have happen, happening. It's unlikely that'll happen. And the the study that I, I'm thinking of is actually one that said when people are nearing you know, the end of their life, whether it's because they're done or because they have some medical condition, which you don't have, well, one dose, like full dose of psychedelic mushrooms of psilocybin dramatically reduces fear of death so that they can pass peacefully. And I don't, it, I don't think it would be my place to say you should go do that because honestly, this isn't your big, your big trauma. Like you're, you're from every indication I can have, you're okay with this. I don't think you're okay with actually dying alone. I think that that's your, you know, I've been independent. I'm, I've been powerful and that that's a defense mechanism because, well, your dad wasn't that nice to you and you learned to do that early on and you've carried it with you your whole life. Yeah. Yeah, I is agree. that accurate? Yeah, I think okay. so. Um, and uh, I'm just going to have to call it like I see it. I may be wrong, and uh, I'm just doing it out of love and kindness. And you might consider doing something called EMDR, which I'm guessing you might know about. I've done it. No, of course, you have. <laughs> I've For done listeners, <laughs> you really have. You're an impressive woman. I've been drumming in the mountains with shamans. Okay, so you're totally you're so well equipped. 
so, and I've and I've done it all on practically no money. I'm I just managed to get by. And I don't know. The people doing the spiritual work when they see who you are, not just walking up, but who you are, the way they can see, they help. That's what they're here to do. Right. So I, I've seen lots of times when I'm like, oh, you know, if, if you can't afford my, fine. Like, we'll, we'll just, we'll, we'll make this work because they can tell it's the right thing to do. And that's, that's what healers do. So EMDR, yeah. though, specifically around whatever medical trauma you have, because when you're really at peace, even if some misguided soul hooks you up to a bunch of tubes and monitors, it is possible to be at peace with the fact that, you know, fine, I'm serving them, you know, I'm kind of done here, I'm going to leave. They're doing a bunch of acting out of whatever their fear of death trauma is, but I'm not going to let it take me off my path. That's the ultimate equanimity, the ultimate resilience. In Buddhism, equanimity is the most sought after state before enlightenment, which is that I can meditate in the middle of a storm, nothing in the world around me can take me out of my chosen state. Underneath that, and less important, is compassion, uh, which is, okay, I have the ability to feel other people's suffering, but I don't have to. And below that is empathy, where I feel other people's feelings, but man, that can be expensive to be empathetic all the time. And yeah. underneath that is apathy, which is where many people are. Well, I don't feel anything. I don't want to feel anything. So there's different levels. And there's different levels and types of resilience and equanimity. And so at the highest levels, if something like that did happen, why don't you equip yourself to be completely at peace with that? Because for you, it's probably two EMDR sessions to figure out where that fear comes from and be like, look, if I don't have control, I don't have control, but I'm still me. Well, that is, that's a source of, like, I have a little anger around that. It's like, oh. Do I have to, am I going to have to achieve that level of equanimity and order? You know, it's like, I don't want to do that work or so, I don't know. There's, you know, you know, what's behind anger, don't you? And all the learnings, what sits behind anger? Well, sadness. And what sits behind sadness? Fear. Uh huh. And what sits behind fear? That I, I don't know if I have the answer you're looking for. It's joy, it's happiness. By now, you've probably seen me holding a cube-looking thing. Well, it's a device from Lila Quantum Tech, and it has effects on blood flow in the body. And in the latest study from the Emoto Institute in Japan showed that three minutes in the quantum block structures water like they haven't seen with any other method or device in 25 years plus of studying it. Drinking structured water does support your mitochondrial energy production. It seems to have a positive effect on aging, and it's good for inflammation. Do we know everything about how water and collagen interact in our cells at the quantum level? We absolutely don't. But now there are five different studies showing you that the Leela quantum block is doing something, probably at the quantum realm, that improves biological performance. Go to leelaq, L-E-E-L-A-Q dot com. Use code DAVE10. I'll give you 10% off site-wide. You can start with a card. You can start with a pendant. Or you can get one of the blocks that allows you to charge other things. It works. Everyone's talking about red light therapy beds and for good reason. There's a company called ARRC LED that's building an entirely new class of LED devices. ARRC LED beds integrate proprietary scanning technology and frequency protocols to shape the delivery of six different wavelengths in dose-optimized photobiomodulation. Yes, that's a lot of words, 
What it is, though, is that photobiomodulation improves the underlying energetics of the cells in your body. And those changes can benefit nearly every tissue and organ and system in your body. You change your cells and you change your life. For more information, visit ARRCLED.com. You're listening to The Human Upgrade with Dave Asprey. You know, you know what sits behind anger, don't you, and all the learnings? What sits behind anger? Well, sadness. And what sits behind sadness? Fear. Uh-huh. And what sits behind fear? That, I, I don't know if I have the answer you're looking for. It's joy. It's happiness. When people do trauma resolution work, which is a portion of what I guide them through with, with brainwaves, I wouldn't be able to do what I do here. I wouldn't be able to have this conversation. I mean, I spent six months with electrodes glued to my head doing the reset process to go through all this stuff. Um, that hierarchy, it's like Russian nested dolls, right? And if someone feels apathy, it's the lowest level, right? And then behind that, there's anger and behind that there's sadness and behind that there's fear. And when you work through all those and you're going, well, I thought I didn't give a shit, but actually I was afraid, but my body made me think I didn't care because it was easier than facing fear because all oh, fear yeah. is ultimately fear of death. You right. don't have much fear of death, but you have some little fear, some anger thing there. So it's worth working through that. So working through that anger and the sadness so that you can experience joy even there is a final step, but you don't have to do it. If everyone did everything that they thought they had to do in their lives, A, we'd all be miserable or we'd all be enlightened in one lifetime, right? So no, you don't have to. You get to pick. But I know what I want to pick. And, you know, I'm always so inspired by people who are paralyzed and yet they're happy and and free in their minds, you know? Yeah. Some of the most inspiring people... Um, Sean Stevenson uh, was a, a dear friend who was on the show. Um, they called him like the the three foot giant, and he had brittle bone disease. Lived twice as long as he should have. Countless broken bones. Such a happy, kind, giving soul. I'm like, man, if he can be in that state with that kind of suffering, like, how is it possible? So it it's real. And listen to that episode if you want to be inspired. Um, one of his, one of our mutual friends who's also been on the show asked him, you know, how do you, how can you handle it? Like, how do you feel that this happened to you? Like, aren't you mad? And he said, it didn't happen to me. It happened for me. And he yeah. meant it. Yeah. Right. So you want to get to the state that if someone decides to hook you up to some kind of equipment you don't want, it happened for you. Or you could re- release the, resolve the trauma ahead of time. So it doesn't need to happen for you. So that's why you might choose to do it, but you don't have to do anything you don't want to do. And no one listening has to do anything they don't want to do. Have to is a weasel word. It's never true. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk about your blood spots. You have uh, you have some leaky arteries here. You want to know what you're I taking do. that's causing it? I Well, I, uh, my family history is all vascular. You know, my father had his veins back when they were stripping veins. He had his veins stripped in his legs a couple of times. He had a bypass surgery, had an aortic aneurysm repaired. He had a valve replacement. Uh, Did I say bypass? And then he had another uh, valve replacement. His brother died at 65 of a heart attack, just boom, out of nowhere. My grandmother with strokes, my father's mother. Anyway, because of the vascular history, if when I start bleeding into my hands and arms, 
that's my first thought is, uh-oh. I mean, you know, there are, there are people who've tried to put me, put me on statins, and I won't do it. Um, I've always had pretty high cholesterol. But when I did the stress test and the echocardiogram, I'm fine. But I still, I'm always thinking about that vascular thing. And now that it's starting to really show up, uh, my doctor is an anthroposophical. She practices anthroposophical medicine, Rudolf Steiner. Mm-hmm. And so she's always talking to, to me about the, the something pushing out into, I don't know. She, she's great. She's, I love her. She's, she never took insurance because she didn't want anyone telling her how to practice medicine. Good for her. Many yeah. of many of my favorite doctors just realized that they could spend all their time on the phone with insurance companies or helping patients, and they just charge less to patients yeah. and don't talk to insurance companies, and it works. She's been my doctor for over 20 years, and when I was really struggling financially, uh, I would go in to see her, and she would it, – it's her practice. She, her, she and her husband have this practice. Um, she would go out and she'd come back and she'd pull things out of her lab coat and give them to me and say, here, put these in your purse. <laughs> she would actually give me, uh, you know, homeopathic remedies and things like that. So that's I knew amazing. I, uh, yeah, she's I, a healer. She I was, love hearing stories like that. Yeah. So you, you take a very well um, manicured list of supplements um, that you've shared with me. And one of the things that can happen with supplements is if you take too much of them or take them too often or they're the wrong ones for you, they can have some negative effects. And you likely have the same genetics I do for leaky membranes. So for me, I'm in like the top 15% of risk for cardiovascular things because I actually have the same genetics that's very common with people of Western African ancestry, even though I don't have any of that um, in my genetics that the genetics companies can find. But that membrane thing, this all comes from the DNA company, uh, means that your memories are just more likely to be leaky. Leaky gut, leaky arteries, leaky lungs, leaky blood-brain barrier, more susceptible to toxins, etc. So I hear you on that. And the most likely thing that's causing a problem is you're overdosing on omega-3s on fish oil. You're taking four grams of a really well-formulated um, product, the Omega Krill Complex. I say well-formulated because I created that one um, that, uh, that Bulletproof makes. Uh, and um, that's a heavy dose. And uh, Your body weight is substantially less than mine. I do about a gram a day of omega-3s. And you also take... Uh, so the Mercola herring caviar oil, which is interesting because it has the same kind of fish egg oil that's present in the omega krill complex. So you're getting the most potent omega-3s, which come from fish eggs, followed by krill, followed by fish oil from two different supplements. And they're both well-formulated. It's just a lot. And those cause very, very thin blood. So you might have overdone it. On top of that, you're taking lumbrokinase, which is an enzyme that breaks up blood clotting factors. It comes from earthworms, and it's genetically engineered in a good way to do that. You're taking serapeptase, which comes from silkworms, which breaks up clotting proteins in the blood, which also can be good for scarring, which is something I've been taking for a while. And you're taking natokinase, which is a protein that breaks up clotting (laughs) factors, and that one comes from fermented soybeans that taste like boogers. Or look like boogers and probably taste like them too. So this is my fear of 
blood clots, obviously. It is indeed. Let's just say you're not going to be clotting on that on that <laughs> snack, but you might be leaking a little bit. So may I respectfully suggest you save some money by getting your omega-3s down to about one gram a day and seeing how you do. And you're looking to save money on your supplements. Natokinase is relatively expensive. You probably don't need to be taking 100 milligrams a day of that um, if you're also taking all that other stuff. Um, you're also taking uh, the Bioptimizer's Masszymes. Are you taking that on an empty stomach or with food? I usually try to do it on an empty stomach just before I eat. Okay, got it. But you're using it for food then. So it's in your stomach before the food comes in, which is great because then your body can actually use the food. And as we age, we tend to make less digestive enzymes and all. Right. So it's also possible to use masszymes in the same way that you're using natokinase and serapeptase and all. Any protein digesting enzyme, when you take it on an empty stomach, can work on those blood things. So okay. I would say pick one of yeah. those enzymes that you're going to take on an empty stomach. <laughs> And that's going to be money-saving and probably make your hands look the way you want them to look. You don't take a lot of antioxidants otherwise, and you probably don't need them. You take some fat-soluble vitamin C. Uh, you take some alpha-lipoic acid, which is good for chelating metals, good for mitochondria. You only take 190 milligrams of ascorbyl palmitate, which is the vitamin C form, um, which is a good amount. And I don't see a lot of other antioxidants there. Something I like that you're doing is you're taking arterosyl, uh, which is something I also take. I've had them on the show. And this is something that for people with leaky membranes keeps the glycocalyx, the lining of the arteries, um, more intact. So I think that's a really good one. And you're taking several of the other uh, people who've been on the show to talk about the science behind what they make, which is cool. You're taking an ADK formula uh, from Da Vinci, uh, which is a good one. Uh, and so I'm looking at all the stuff here. That's probably the one that's... Um, that's most problematic um, of all the, or, or I'd say those are the ones that are most problematic that could be causing uh, what, what you've got going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing else in your list makes sense. You take several different really high-end probiotics. You might save some money by alternating which day you take them. I don't think you need to take all of them every day. I've backed off, uh, you know, I, on my list, I said every day, but it's not really every day. Um, they're the ones I take most frequently. I've uh, tried to back off a little bit. I don't take mine every day. Like I, I'm like I don't today. I didn't feel like it. I reached for the bottom of my body. Said it. You don't want those today. I'm like okay. I don't want those today. Uh, and then I travel and also look if if you have prebiotics every day, which you do take um, the way I recommended in Superhuman. So you're taking some prebiotics in your coffee. Look, you have a a environment in your gut that's going to grow lots of the good guys. So you occasionally take some more good guys to make sure it's reseeded. And I think you're going to be fine. So you could probably save 150 bucks a month by just taking the same probiotics, just take them once every five days, right? And see if that works. Maybe once every three days. I think that's good. Other areas where you could you could cut, if you, it would be certainly be the expensive enzymes for blood clotting. We've already done that. Um, I Let's did. See. Do you know the Genova test? The yeah. Genova. Uh-huh. I I did that. Um, I don't know six months ago, and that's why I upped my omega threes because it said I was low in omega threes, B vitamins, and a um, uh, ALA. So I upped everything at that time. Did it say what kind of omega three you were low in? Oh, it said that the omega-6, omega-3 balance was off. 
Was it too much omega-6? Too much omega-6. So I backed off omega-6 and I probably over, I have a tendency to overdo things. I probably overdid the omega-3s. I'm looking at what you eat that contains omega-6s and either you're eating some stuff that you're not telling me about, but you eat, you know, blended coffee with ghee and brain octane and prebiotics and collagen. Um, sounds familiar. Love it. Um, <laughs> yeah, you, know, you you saved my life, Dave. I was oh. on a walker when I started. Actually, really? I, started, oh. I started with Mark Hyman and did his 10-day thing. He's great. Uh, yeah. And, and I, you know, I'd always been a health nut, but I was always following trends that, you know, now we know were ridiculous. Um, and as I got older, I just started thinking, well, my whole family's obese, so maybe this is just, I have to accept it. And then I fell down a flight of uh, granite stairs, got a stress fracture in my knee. They put me on crutches and within a week, all of my, I got a lot of old injuries. All of my old injuries were exacerbated. I was on a walker. I, I was a mess. And that was when I I found a perlotherapist who saved me. He used me uh, as right. he used me as the person to demo all of these surgeons that he was training. So I got a lot of perlo that I wouldn't have been able to afford, and did Mark Hyman's ten day and found out that I was eating stuff I shouldn't. And then I found you and started with all of your stuff and. Um, I slept in a recliner for 14 years with aches and wow. pains from old injuries. And once I started doing all of this stuff, I'm, you know, I've got my hip is starting to, I don't know. It's not, I'm not happy with it. Um, but other than that, I'm pain free. I'm, wow. I'm good. You know, you've been a big, a big part of my healing process. And I really, I'm really grateful for that. Nancy, I'm, I'm honored. Really, you've you've lived a, a fantastic and interesting life. And if, if you were in a state of pain the way I was in my twenties, that sucks. <laughs> I don't want anyone to do that. The fact that you can be 74 and saying, "Yeah, I used to do that. I don't do it anymore," and you did it later in life. Like anyone listening to the show, you can do it too. And I, I'm going to blatantly plug the Upgrade Collective, like ouropgradecollective.com. Please do. Join that, right? And there's, it's not just me. There's like a thousand people all working on this of all ages, uh, working on figuring all this stuff out. And getting support from a community is, is important as you're figuring out how to not be in pain all the time. Well, you know, what you say about community, the 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 community that I have with the collective is something that I have never had. I've never been surrounded by people who think like I do. You know, I've got my very dear friends who roll their eyes still, even though they're <laughs> a mess. They're uh, they are bags of pills. And, and I try, you know, I try not to interject, but every now and then I'll say, well, you know, I can help you with that. If you no, they roll their eyes. I don't know. You're, you're exactly why I wanted to make the the Upgrade Collective. I mean, it, it's a group of people who are figuring all this stuff out and willing to think about it and willing to be curious, which you've been your whole life, and to help each other about it. And it's kind of relaxing to know that you're not alone in that quest. It turns out there's a lot of biohackers, millions of us, 
uh, and just being able to spend some quality time with them, knowing that your neighbors are probably more like potato chip and beer hackers than biohackers. And that's okay. Like that's what they picked. But uh, just because you're unusual doesn't mean that you're alone. And I've been teaching for so long. And I, lately I've been thinking I don't want to teach anymore, but I, I want to do something. So I don't know if well, hospice is. There's absolutely a need for hospice workers. And you're exactly the kind of person who any sane person would want there when they pass because you've done enough work on yourself <laughs> that you can sit there and hold space for someone instead of losing your mind. So <laughs> you'd be an awesome hospice person and anyone um, who died in your presence would be lucky that it was you. So <laughs> sit with those words, that's real. And that may provide so much immense value to your life. You're like, you know what? I want to do this for a while longer and that's okay too, right? Yeah. Awesome. Nancy, thanks for being in the Upgrade Collective. Thanks for being willing to have a really open and interesting and heartfelt conversation with me. And I hope it was useful for you. I think it was very useful for me. It went, uh, you know, I didn't know what to expect, but it was, I think, calming in a way, which is good. Beautiful. Well, thanks for asking the hard questions and uh, just for having lived an interesting life and being willing to share it with others. It's cool. Guys, ourupgradecollective.com. You might want to hang out with people like Nancy and me and oh, a thousand other cool people who are working on cool stuff and it's growing every day. You also get access to all of the courses where I teach you the content in all of my books challenges, discussion groups, and an active team of coaches and me where we all work together. So there's a call every week and there's just active people who are working with you, both um, who are part of my team and who are just part of our community. So you can evolve and transform yourself a lot more quickly than is probably going to happen doing it all by yourself. Hopefully you'll consider checking it out. It's very affordable. Ourupgradecollective.com. I'll see you all in the next episode of The Human Upgrade. You're listening to The Human Upgrade with Dave Asprey. The Human Upgrade, formerly Bulletproof Radio, was created and is hosted by Dave Asprey. The information contained in this podcast is provided for informational purposes only and is not intended for the purposes of diagnosing, treating, curing, or preventing any disease. Before using any products referenced on the podcast, consult with your healthcare provider, carefully read all labels, and heed all directions and cautions that accompany the products. Information found or received through the podcast should not be used in place of a consultation or advice from a healthcare provider. If you suspect you have a medical problem or should you have any healthcare questions, please promptly call or see your healthcare provider. This podcast, including Dave Asprey and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. This podcast is owned by Bulletproof Media.